So my wife and I and our son Grant uh, went on vacation a couple weeks ago. We went to uh, just east of Nashville, Tennessee, in the middle of nowhere, uh, with my family and my siblings and their family. And so we're going out. We went to Nashville. We went, or not Nashville, we went to the middle of nowhere in Tennessee. Uh, and the objective of the week was to do absolutely nothing and spend time together. And, you know, I can get on board with something like that. And so I don't know how often you guys get to go on vacation, but uh, it was so relaxing to just not have to do anything, not have to think about anything, but just, just be there and be with family. And we, uh, one of the days, part of the family was like, hey, we should go hiking. There's a bunch of hills out here in Tennessee. Let's go hiking. And I was like, sure, sounds good. You know, I'm all in. And my three-year-old son, Grant, was like, I want to go too. Uh, and so this is my son and myself and my dad, and uh, we get ready to go hiking, and he's like, you know, if he's gone before, he doesn't remember it because it's not three minutes ago. And uh, he's like, what do we do? You know, we're outside. What's going on? And my, my sister wants to find a bear, and, uh, and I'm just like, we don't want to find a bear. I've got a three-year-old son. Uh, and so I just tell my son, just stay on the path, follow it, you know, not a big deal. And so we just go, and... For those of you that are parents and have ever gone hiking before, you realize quickly that the kid is not going to make it that long. Um, the other thing that I realized was we were going downhill all the way, and I'm like, we're going to have to turn around at some point, and we're going to have to go back, and guess who's going to be carrying the 30-pound little guy, you know? And so it was awesome. It was incredible. But the thing that I loved most about it was Grant's, like, enthusiasm for life. Like, we'd be walking, and he'd be like, what's that? Oh, wow, a creek. Oh, that's big. And he would just, like, like everything was, like, a, you know, it was like a, everything was a monster truck to him. He's like, whoa, all this stuff. And just over the top, and oh, this, wow, look at this bridge. Are there fish down there? You know, just, he had such a joy for what he was experiencing. And so we get to the end to where we're going to turn around and go back uphill. And uh, at this point, like, I'm just like, hey, guys, before we begin, like, I just, we're going to be last. Take the car keys, you know, wait 20 minutes. We'll get there, but don't worry about it. However long it takes, we're just going to get there. He, Grant was walking. He was like, I'm walking. He's got his walking stick that he doesn't know how to use. And, uh, but he's just enjoying and experiencing all and seeing so many different things. And uh, we got to the point where not only had I, I can't see anyone in my family that's ahead of us, but it's been a long time. And I'm like, Grant, can you want me to carry you? Do you need some help? Can I like, how can I kindly push you along? Can we go any faster here? You know, and he's at this point just exhausted. But after like the third time of me, very, I, I was kind too, uh, of gently nudging him, I just very clearly, I mean, we're in the middle of nowhere. I just very clearly the Lord saying, what do you have to get done? You're on vacation. Where do you have to go? Like, why does this have to be done so quickly? And I'm, I'm just like, look at your son. He's enjoying every moment. He doesn't know, oh, wow, look at that frog. You know, it's like, yeah, I've seen seven of those. We're moving on. But, but the Lord very clear is like, why are you in a hurry? What are you doing? Are we doing this to get something accomplished? Are we doing this to experience and to enjoy the journey? And it just kind of hit me not only there of like, yeah, Lord, you're right, Grant, you just do whatever you want, take your time. But in my walk with Jesus Christ, am I, am I getting up every morning, am I spending time with him to check a box 
and say, this is done, it's completed, I feel good about myself, and then let me go on with my day, let me take control of the things that I want to take control of. And I don't think that's what, I don't think that's what God wants for us. God wants our heart. God wants all of us. He wants my heart, and he doesn't want me to just mark a box off, spend my 10 minutes with Jesus and say, I feel good about myself, but he wants all of me, and he wants to spend time with me, and he wants to enjoy, he wants to take that journey with me, and not just during the, oh, when this is the God time, and this is my time, and so that led to me, as God wants my heart, how desperate am I really for the Lord? How desperate am I for the Lord? And so we're in the middle of this series on prayer, and we're talking about, you know, what is, what is the purpose of prayer? Why should we even pray? And I don't know about you guys, but I feel very insecure and not good enough when it comes to prayer. Okay, so as I'm speaking to you, I'm really just talking to myself, and you guys get to listen in. Um, but we're all in this together, and I know that no matter where we're at in our journey with the Lord, is I know that we all desire to, to do better at this if we desire to, to pursue Jesus more. And so uh, as we think about this, why even pray? I think so often... I think of myself as someone who's, uh, I think I've got everything under control and I can take care of it and I'm not desperate for the Lord until I realize that I'm really that three-year-old son of mine that is completely dependent upon me, okay? He is in the middle of the woods, doesn't know anything, doesn't know what's going on, but he's completely dependent on me. And I forget that that's me in my walk with Jesus. I forget that that's me and going, I'm not promised another day. I'm not promised another breath, but I'm completely dependent upon the Lord. And I don't think that in my own walk with Jesus that I take prayer serious enough to, to, walk, to think that way. I don't, I don't take prayer serious enough. I don't really take God serious enough to sit here and go, am I completely desperate for the Lord? And uh, I'll give you an example of this just in the everyday life. If you are a parent out here, I assume that I'm not the only one okay? But my son is a great kid, okay? He is fantastic. My wife is rocking it. She's an all-star. But I, there are points in my parenting where I don't have the slightest clue what I'm doing. Anyone else, or is it just me? Okay, one other hand. Thank you. Okay, I'm not alone. Um, but I do not, I am, do not have a clue what I'm doing. I do not have a clue. Is this what I'm supposed to be? Am I supposed to be disciplining? Should I be hugging him right now? What, what should I? And I am completely like, Lord, if, if you don't help me here, I am, I am a mess. Like, and it's daily. It's moment by moment. It's not just, oh yeah, Grant, you know, it's not a big deal. But that's, that's so convicting to me and how I parent because that's what my prayer life should be like. I should be, Lord, I don't know what to do next. On my knees before the Lord saying, help me in this next moment. And I don't think that way. I don't, that's, I, I want to control things. Oh, the middle school, four years ago, I took a group of middle schoolers on a mission trip to Chicago. Some of them are, a lot of them are in high school. Amanda Heck's shaking her head. I brought a picture because you guys would hate it because it's four years ago and you're in middle school, but I got one for you. Uh, I took this, we had students go to Chicago last year, and so they've, some of these guys have done this before, but what happens on a mission trip like this is uh, one of the nights is they give you, uh, they, they send you out into the city, they give you some directions and say, hey, you know, take the bus or the subway to here and then end up somewhere in downtown Chicago. And then they say, here's $2 or a dollar per person and you have to figure out dinner for the night, okay? 
which first off, middle schoolers living off a dollar or two is pretty impressive, okay? Um, these guys were, rocked it. And so they could, we had like a group of five or six and you could pull your money together and we could all get a really big chalupa and eat it together or something like that. Um, but our group, I told our group, because I'm just the mean youth pastor and all the high schoolers would agree with this, I, I said that I will keep you safe. I will not make you do anything you shouldn't do, but I'm not helping you in any way, shape, or form. I will act like I speak another language. I will not help you. And so they had to find the bus. They had to pay for the bus. They had to get on the bus. They had to then get off at the right spot. They had to go walk to these places. Well, first off, middle schoolers don't know how to read street signs. Uh, and even if they know how to read them, they don't know the correct direction that it's running. And I'm just sitting there laughing hysterically, trying to act like I'm keeping it together. And, but let's be honest. How many of us, is that not our prayer life? I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm supposed to, what I'm supposed to be doing. And should I be saying this? And maybe it's just me. But we, so they end up finding the place we're supposed to go to. They end up, they, the group, my students, which is, that's awesome. They decided to not eat dinner that night. And they were going to pool their money together, buy some food at like Walgreens or CVS. And they, uh, and they were going to go find a homeless person. They were going to go give it to them. And so they got, we got our food, got whatever it was, and we we're like, we're on a beeline to find a homeless person and to maybe a little too like excited and like to point to where they're like walking through the city, like we've got to find somebody. And I was not helping them, but there was a homeless person that they walked by in the search for a homeless person. Um, but it gets better because it starts raining and they're getting frustrated because they've not found anybody and they're just like, like when it rains, it pours, you know, and it really was pouring. And so we go underneath this awning and we're just all kind of at our wits end and they just kind of look around and sweet little Tabby Grant goes, maybe we should pray. And I'm like, and I'm also thinking, I probably have need to help them a little bit more. <laughs> I am too me. But it was so cool. And they prayed, they circled up and prayed. I think the rain had stopped at that point. And we walk back out and within minutes, they're not just finding a homeless person. I think Amanda Heck was in that group. They're not just finding a homeless person, but they're fi not finding just finding two homeless people, but they're finding like dozens of homeless people, okay? And as we're getting ready to go towards uh, them, one of the guys comes and seeks us out. Like he comes towards us. Hey, what are you guys doing? Comes towards us and starts talking to us, introduces us, shares his testimony. He's a believer in Jesus Christ and shares his testimony with us. And then he starts like encouraging us and challenging us and saying, you know, here's what this, and he I'm sitting there in that moment going, it was our agenda. We were in control, or we thought we were in control. We're doing all these things. We're trying to find these people. It wasn't until we stopped and asked for the Lord to intervene that God showed up, and God is blessing us. God is making himself famous in this moment, and we had nothing to do with it, and we're the ones that came away blessed because of it. And I'm sitting here going, what just happened? What just happened with these middle school kids that we thought, oh yeah, this is what we're gonna do, and it was Oh, what God, thank you for showing up in such an incredible way. And I think so often this is uh, what our own lives look like, but also this is what we see in Scripture. We see this is Moses' life. If you guys uh, have been around the church or know anything about Scripture passages, I love love the story of Moses because he didn't want to be a part of it. He didn't want anything involved, but God called him out and kept seeking him. Moses said no, and God's like, guess what? I'm God, and you're doing what I say, and he followed. And, and I, I can relate to that because Moses is like, I'm not qualified, and I'm like, me too, I can't do this. But God's like, you know what? It's not about you. 
It's not about us. It's about making God famous. And so we show up in Exodus, and Moses has been on the mountainside, and while he's gone, the, uh, the people that are left, uh, left decide that, you know, Moses has been gone for a while. What's going on? Maybe we should, we should worship somebody else. The golden calf, they build a golden calf and start worshiping it. Moses comes down, and it's not a good time, right? And so we just get done, they just get done sinning, and Moses in chapter 33 goes back up on the mountainside. And I love this passage because, first off, who Moses how Moses re- relates to the Lord and then the things that Moses asks, the things that Moses, I, I just, I don't have the guts to do what Moses did, but I want to be like Moses. And so in verse 11, I wasn't even going to use this, but it's such a, like, this is, this is who I want to be. Verse 11, it says, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to, the, to a friend. And I don't know about you guys, but that's my goal. Like, if you take nothing from this today, that's your goal. I want to be someone that the Lord speaks to Luke Deal face to face as one speaks to a friend. Like, I want to have a relationship with the Lord. That that's, and I'm nowhere close to there, but that's my desire of who I want to be and how I want to follow him. And so it goes in verse 12. Uh, Moses, Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and have found favor, you have found favor with me. If you're pleased with me, teach me your ways, Lord, so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. And Moses is like, Lord, if you say that I'm special, if you say these people are special, then let me in on your plans. Like, you know, let me, like, this is your people, God, your responsibility. I'm not, this isn't, I didn't choose this, Lord. You, you show up here because we can't do this otherwise. And that's how I feel a lot. The Lord said in verse 14, my presence will go with you. I will give you rest. And then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, Lord, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me from your people and all the other people on the face of the earth? And he's like, Lord, if, if you're not showing up, if you're not leading this, we're calling it off. It's done. We're just going to sit here. We're going to wait until you show up and move again. And I think so often in my own life, I'm like, I got this. I'll do this. I'll take control. I'll figure this out. And it's like, what does it look like to wait on what the Lord has for me? And then he, the Lord responds in verse 17. The Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you've asked because I am pleased with you, Moses, and I know you by name. And then one of the most incredible asks in verses in the Bible says in verse 18, then Moses said, now show me your glory. Wow, do you guys, do you know what he's asking right now? That's such a bold thing to say, God, show up, show, visibly show me who you are. Make yourself famous to me. Like, I was reading on some different things and some people, some theologians said, that is a rude thing to ask. Like it was such a bold request that Moses would ask that. Uh, but we, what you know about Moses is, uh, Moses was the most humble man who lived the face of the earth, is what Numbers 12 says. And if, if Moses is coming with humility before the Lord and boldness to make God famous, and, and then how is God to respond? He doesn't respond with judgment he doesn't respond with you know negative things but here's how he responds in verse 19 
And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But, said the Lord, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. And I think Moses is at this point where he's experienced God in the past, and he's like, I know who you are, God. I speak to you face to face, a friend, but I want to know you more. Like, like, I'm leaning in. Can you take me a step deeper in our relationship? And, and I don't know about you guys, but I don't pray like that. I don't pray with the boldness like that. I don't pray with the humility like that. A lot of times it's like, Lord, how can I be more comfortable? How can you make my life a little easier, get me through that hard point, instead of, Lord, take me a step nearer to you. And what does God do? He, he doesn't could be condescending of Moses, but he shows up and he says, he shows him his goodness. He didn't show him his justice. He didn't show him his wrath. I mean, we just come out of the golden calf. He could have, show, he could have brought down all this fire and made all this huge noise and done all this stuff, but he shows Moses his goodness. And I just think that's so encouraging to me because how, when, when Mo, or God is visible to Moses, he shows him his goodness. It, the passage finishes and it says, the Lord, we can't unpack this. This is like such a cool moment that like I want to be there for. The Lord said, there's a place near me where you stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I'll put you in a cleft in the rock and I'll cover you with my hand until I've passed. Then I'll remove my hand and you'll see my back. But my face must not be seen. And I just sit there and I go, dude, how incredible is that? God is so powerful, so good, that if you saw him in his face, you wouldn't live. But the only thing you can see is the, kind of the afterglow of his backside. Like, that's how powerful and amazing our God is. And yet, I pray these weak, silly prayers that are about me instead of making God famous, instead of things that bring glory to God. And so, as we talk about prayer, my challenge to you guys is, first off, I don't pray like this. So, but my challenge to you is, why are we praying? And I think the purpose of prayer is to, make, is to glorify God and make him famous in any and every situation. The, the goal of prayer, the purpose of prayer is not to make me famous or make me comfortable. I think so often that's where I want to go. God, how can you do this for me? Can you make my life easier? Uh, and a lot of times God's like, no, I want you to be on your hands and knees before me so that you can change. And uh, we want to make God famous. There's a lot of times we think about we want God to change our circumstances. We want God to change our circumstances uh, and to make us more comfortable or make it easier. And I'm not saying that God can't change our circumstances, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray that way. But I think oftentimes when God doesn't change our circumstances, he wants to change us. And I'm not saying he can't do both, but the primary purpose of prayer is to not to change our circumstances, but it's to change us. It's to change me. Lord, how are you going to work and change me? But I'm going to be honest with you. That's hard, and I don't like that. I don't like change. I don't want to be changed. And so, as I sit here going, Lord, I don't know that I want to do this, but the point of this life is not to make me famous or to make me comfortable. The purpose of this life is to glorify God in every situation. We're here to make God famous, just like Moses 
was there to make God famous. And maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're like, Luke, I get it. You know, we should pray like it's important. You know, Moses asked a big prayer. I'm nothing like Moses. I'm like, dude, me too, okay? Not in the same zip code as Moses, not near Moses, but I wanna be. I want to be like Moses. I want that Exodus 33:11. I want to speak face to face with the Lord as if speaking to a friend. Uh, and I think for us to do that, we have to recognize our need for the presence of God. We have to recognize who we are and that I'm just that three-year-old boy hiking through the woods, not a care in the world, not knowing what I'm doing, but going, Lord, I'm completely dependent on you in every single way. And so... Uh, my, my question to you is, whenever I get to this point, I always have to kind of check my heart. I always have to say, where am I at? Who, and what am I doing? I have to check my heart first before I can say, you know, I can move forward and ask these bold prayers that Moses asked. And so my challenge to you guys is, is how are you doing? How's your heart? Where are you at in your walk with the Lord? And I don't say it to convict you or shame you, but I say it to go, the Lord wants to, where are you headed then? Where do you want to be? I think the Lord is excited about that question. Where do you want to be in your walk with the Lord? Uh, and we went on, a, the high schoolers went on a mission trip to South Carolina this past, like a month ago, and we got to go whitewater rafting on our way down. And uh, the group that I was with was awesome, but they gave us some weird instructions, okay? They told us to sit on the edge of the boat, which, first off, we're going through rapids. Why would we sit on the edge of the boat? But, you know, I'm listening. Uh, sit on the edge of the boat, and you, like, shove your feet in there a certain way to, like, stay put or whatever. And so, like, you can paddle. But... They said that uh, anytime you're paddling and stuff, be leaning into the middle of the boat. And they were like, okay, okay. Well, one of the girls in our group literally fell into the boat like five or six times through all the rapids we had. And it was like such a cool thing. Like, yeah, you didn't fall. Like, you didn't fall out of the boat. We didn't have to go get you. But so often in my walk with the Lord, when things are hard and there's troubles and there's rapids, I don't want to lean into the Lord, but I would rather lean out. And say, oh, I'm going to step away. I don't feel like it. It's not for me. But I'm, I'm not willing to lean into the Lord saying, Lord, I don't know if you're here right now, but I'm going to lean into you. You know, make yourself famous here, Lord. I'm too willing to lean out of the boat. And so I want us to understand that if we're going through a hard time, we're going through uh, an easy time, what does it look like for us to be leaning into the Lord, pursuing the Lord each and every day, and not just going, yeah, I'll do it when I need to, but I don't want to be sitting out here in the water going, oh, what just happened? Because I wasn't willing to lean in to what the Lord has for me. I want, I desperately want the humility and the boldness of Moses. But I don't want it for myself. I want it to make God famous. Moses didn't ask that question to make himself famous. He did it to make God famous. I want to be, have the humility and the boldness of Moses to make God famous. And so in the past few weeks in this series on prayer, we've done some different things to actually not just talk about prayer, but we've actually want to practice praying. And so sometimes we've circled up and held hands and prayed and different things like that. And so today, what I want us to do is something a little different. If you have a bulletin and you'll flip it over to the back side, I want us to take some time writing out. If you don't have a bulletin, pull out your phone uh, and, and grab a notes page or something like that. Uh, here's what I want us to do. I want us to, before I ever come to the Lord, 
I, I feel like before I ask for these great things, Elijah was talking about a little bit, is just what is our posture when we approach the Lord? Is sometimes I need to get rid of some stuff in my own life. And so uh, as you grab the back of the bulletin, it says, Dear God, take this area of my heart that I'm not willing to give over to you. Write it down. Name it. What is it that I'm not willing to give over to you? Write it down. And then the next question says, Dear God, to make you famous, show me your glory in this way. I'm not asking for comfort. I'm not asking for, to get through circumstances, but I'm asking, Lord, for you to be made famous in what way. Ask a bold request, a bold prayer. And so take a few minutes by yourself. Write it out. Um, if you pull out your phone. Write it down. And then I'm going to pray for us, and then the worship team will close with a song.